are underway at the corner of Carnegie and Ontario. Hey everybody, welcome back to Mad Dog Pod. I'm Nate. I'm Gabe. And I'm Andrew. Today we're going to be continuing our lists of the best position players, top 15 in the league, with power forwards. We did small forwards yesterday, shooting guards the day before, and point guards the day before that. So go check those out if you haven't seen them yet. But with that being said, we're just going to dive right in. This is a really deep position in the NBA this year, which you'll see with the first person we name as we go through 15 to 11 with at the 15th position, Jaron Jackson Jr. of the Grizzlies. Then it's Jonathan Isaac, PJ Tucker, Aaron Gordon, and 15 through 11 is rounded off with Tobias Harris of the 76ers. So right off the bat, just seeing those names and like mentally comparing them to what we got from the small forwards, it's kind of like a joke how good the power forwards are in the league this at this point and how many teams have good power forwards i personally don't have really any issues with the rankings of these players besides jaron jackson like i've said on past episodes i'm a huge michigan state fan i hated jaron when he was at michigan state but i realized how good he was going to become like he's the only reason we lost to syracuse in the Malachi second round. Richardson. Because <laughs> Jaron Jackson, we put him right in the middle of their stupid little zone, and he would just catch the ball and turn it over. And Caden Bates Diop. <laughs> Destroy that man when they faced him. Which has nothing to do with the Syracuse game. Oh, yeah. But, <laughs> it, has, but it has everything to do with why no, I didn't like Jaron. why you don't like Jared, that. Like, just, he, he broke the Michigan State blocks record like 15 games into the season. He was averaging like five blocks a game in college, and he was... He didn't have the shot, but like you could tell from his form and just from like his build that he will would have the shot. And he's grown into that player in the NBA. And I personally think that Jaron, like, he's like the perfect build for a power forward for like right now and the future of the NBA. Like the only issues he really has are foul trouble and like being a conventional big man. Like if he's ever matched up on a center in the paint, the center usually dominates him. Every once in a while, Jaron will just block him because he's one of the best shot blockers in the league. But he's too weak, and because of that, he doesn't get many rebounds. But as a shooter, as just like a shot blocker, which is two things that like, those are like kind of intangibles at this point that you need coming out of the league. He's right up there with the best of them, and he just has the potential to grow. So I would definitely have him higher on this list but I can understand why with the like just straight up being weak and not getting rebounds that they don't have him high, especially for like a big man position where that's important. Do you guys have any other issue or anything to add on Jaron Jackson through 15, in 15 through 11? Yeah, just his rebounding and fouling is the concern for me. I mean, I, I, I have no problem with 15 through 11, really. I, uh, for me, in my opinion, I do think that he should be higher than where he is. I think there's a lot of players that I can think of in the league that will probably show up on this list later on that I think he's better than and will have a better future than. Uh, 
I'm actually really high on this dude. I think him and John Morant are going to be like one of the best duos in the future of this league. And I'm really high on both of them in Memphis. I mean, yeah, I think they're better than a lot of other young, talented duos right now. But other than that, uh, he should just be higher on the list, to be honest. (laughs) Yeah, I think the rest of 15 through 11 is pretty fine. But I think it is kind of like what I said earlier, pretty telling of how deep this position is. That like Jaron Jackson, who's one of the most hyped up young players in the league, outside of the guys you hear every day, like Luca, John, Zion, like analysts and just players and GMs love Jaron. And the fact that this dude is 15th, and even like with our arguing, the max I would put him at is like 12 or 13, is ridiculous. When you compare it to past positions we've looked at and just like if you think about it within the grand scheme of things in the nba like players like uh brandon clark didn't even make the list for this and like there's a bunch of other really good power forwards who aren't even going to make this list which just shows how good of a position it is now we'll go straight into 10 through 8 which is paul Millsap, kevin love and then john collins uh i honestly could not tell you anything Paul Millsap has done since he left the Hawks. Like I, I've just assumed that he's continued being like good, and like yeah. like I'm probably fine with him at ten. I, mean, I yeah. think Kevin Love's pretty overrated at this point. Doesn't really do much. His numbers aren't as great as they used to be, and they're kind of empty. I think he should be lower on the list. Like most of the players below him, I would rather have on my team. In general, if we're talking about just having him for one season, maybe then I'd take Kevin Love. But, like, I think this year Kevin Love's got to be dropped on lists. Because, like, Draymond's not on this list because he's having a bad year. Kevin Love's done, like, he's put up, obviously, better numbers than Draymond. He always will because Draymond's not as much of a scorer. But, like, Kevin Love has had very, very little impact on a very, very bad team. So I think he should be lower. Yeah, uh, for me, looking at 10 through, what is it, 8? Yeah. Yeah. So, going back to Jaron Jackson and also Tobias Harris, I think both of those guys are better than some of these players. The big one, though, that uh, is actually a pretty big debate and question is John Collins versus Jaron Jackson Jr. Okay. Right now... John Collins seems like the better player right now. He's putting up better numbers, but I mean, with the Hawks, he his numbers are a little bit more juiced because he's, you know, the second option and there's not really much else other than Trey Young on that team. And like yeah, every single minute in their games is garbage time. Yeah, whereas Jaron Jackson is facing a lot more options around him that are taking up a lot more usage and everything. But also comparing their games, Jaron Jackson is so much more compatible with so many other other players in the league. The way John Collins plays is just going to be way too tough in Atlanta. I could see, I could totally see Atlanta trading him, especially with having Clint Capella clogging up the paint for what five more seasons. Yeah. <laughs> uh, John Collins, I could have, I could definitely see him struggling being a mainly slashing power forward. Like, that can take away, you know, I mean, he does have an okay three-point shot right now, but nowhere near Jaron Jackson's. 
But uh, for the future, Jaron Jackson's going to be a better player. I can guarantee that. Right now, I think Jaron Jackson's a better player. <laughs> and I think the statistics just are a little bit overrated on the side of John Collins right now. Um, I'm pretty happy with the list so far. I think Kevin Love is a top 10 power forward in the league. Uh, I was a little He's one of my favorite Cavs players of all time, so there's some bias there. But I was a little upset with him this season when he had his whole meltdown. But even he himself admitted that it was a huge mistake on his part. And I, he's just been he's just been solid. He's played like he usually has. His efficient field goal percentage has gone up from last year. And the thing is, is he's playing more games than he did last year, but always durability is the problem mainly yeah. for Kevin. Durability and defense is his problem. But again, he's shown that he's just a great rebounder. He's a really good he's a good three point shooter. And he's so underrated in the post. He's a really great big man in the post. I just don't see how like Kevin Love is good. I will never deny that. I don't like Kevin Love. For those of you who haven't seen it yet, we did an episode uh, about a week ago from when this is going to air, where we talked about our, we made a list of our top five and bottom five Cavs players of the past decade. Kevin Love's on my bottom five. I just have never liked him, and everything since LeBron left has made me like him less and less. But I'll never deny that he's a good player. I don't think. I think it's kind of ridiculous that on this list, he's higher than like Tobias Harris, even PJ Tucker on this list. He just hasn't done enough in like a bad team to show me that he deserves to be in the top 10 of this position. I don't, and that might just be me being biased, but I just don't think he's good enough anymore to, or like doing enough to where you can count things that he did in his past in his favor in a list like this. Yeah, I mean, when you're looking at Kevin Love, and it's literally just for this season, it's really tough to gauge where he is. Because, I mean, you're looking at a player who's, I mean, he's playing on a team with what he described as a bunch of college kids in the locker room. So, I mean, you have a bunch of young guys who are playing to get better, and Kevin Love's playing to what exactly? Nothing really much. Yeah. Not like his trade value. Yeah. To, it exactly. seems like he doesn't even care about his trade value. He's, no, when well, he, when he's he did playing to try to live went, he, up he to his contract. Yeah. <laughs> he's like the, he the thing I think Kevin Love gets so much hate just because of like his contract size. Like, yes, he shouldn't be getting paid probably that amount of money for like the amount of times he gets on the court because he just doesn't play as much as he needs to. But like he's still a productive player every time he hop he plays on the court. And like I think he's an underrated passer. I I I'll, I'll give maybe Tobias Harris. I'll give him. I'll say he's better than Kevin Love. Um, he's just not as good as a rebounder, but he's a better uh, passer, um, better just creator in general. And but, like and like the but that, I don't think that PJ, rebounding just comes besides out you know PJ Tucker corner three doesn't miss the corner threes. You know he doesn't miss. He just right. doesn't miss. But I'm I'm still miss. Kevin Love is still better than PJ Tucker. And he's know. better than Paul Millsap. Uh, I don't know. So I think I don't know about this season though. Any team in the maybe NBA, in the past, any team in the NBA Tucker. this it's year, it's, it's you tell PJ them Tucker. It's because PJ Tucker can't rebound at all. Like 
That's not his role, though. No, it is. And also, he's the center. Well, I guess now he's it the is, center. Like, I mean, he's the center ah, slash powerful. It's a team, a team rebounding. Yeah, a like, team rebound. He, he also okay. They also, like even if he now. is the center, he does have guards who are both averaging over like six rebounds a game. And he's not as good as yeah, Russ. And, 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 and uh, TJ, P, uh, PJ Tucker. I almost said TJ Tucker. PJ Tucker is, is simply just like a three point shooter. He's a spot up three point shooter. PJ Tucker's like seven inches he's shorter. He's, he's a not good as defender. good in the post. As okay, he's a good defender. Yes, that's just because he's shorter. Kevin Love is a more versatile offensive player. That's like, just because PJ Tucker's shorter. No, and it's just PJ Tucker's better and, on offense. No, but now we're no, now we're getting into like who's a better player, like. Period. No, and what this, this season? No, this, this season. He's just okay. a better offensive player. Once again, it's so you tough. You can't to, give the ball to P.J. Tucker and say, it's go, so go tough give to me see a ball. That's not, that's we can not, do that to Kevin that's Love. Not his role. That with Kevin that's Love. not his role. I think we're getting too much into this argument where like, there's just not enough on Kevin Love to really tell. Like, Maybe if he was on a Bro, different team, like, we PJ could. Tucker but, like, is an, a better offensive player than Kevin Love, I don't know what to tell you. Well, we don't know because maybe Kevin Love is what he is on the Cavs. And I think... Period. I think the majority... Which is not very... Also, his usage rate isn't very... Isn't very uh, high. That's because he is the be. two, like most ball hog players in the league on his roster. So of course his usage rate's not going to be high. So he's pretty good at like like if he got the ball more, his numbers may be uh, more improved. He may score more points. He may be shooting a little bit better for. I think we're going way too far into this. Yeah. Than we need to be. I think the majority of GMs right now, especially. We don't get to talk about es- many Cavs players because guess what? Our team's not very good right now. Especially. So yeah, when we get to talk about exactly. a Cavs player, we got to talk about him. Kevin we talked my about boy. him enough. Kevin loves my boy. You he's, know, that trade him. he's a top 10 power forward. We need to trade him. I mean, he is. Get he's him he's yes. bordering on the 10th spot. I would not give him definitively top 10. I mean, even on this list, he's at 8, and we all agreed that someone who's below him should be above him. So best case, he's at nine. I wouldn't even put him there. But anyways, we'll move on. Actually, really quickly on the Jaron versus, or just on uh, John Collins in general, I think John Collins is probably going to fall off. I see him being a career Aaron Gordon type player where like, where like he struggles to find his identity. He just like, he's just like, okay, cool. Like, Highlight, like, highlight like, reel every once in a while, but like doesn't really make an impact. That's the problem with slashing powerful. Yeah. He doesn't, it doesn't know, like, fit a role he doesn't know like whether that he well. wants to yeah. be a wing player or a big man. Like exactly. he, it's, it's he weird. has to either just explode and become like Giannis and Pascal level of slashing, or just like give up on slashing and like pull like a Blake Griffin and just become really really good at shooting or like. Add more to your yeah. game besides slashing. The thing, Otherwise, he's just gonna become irrele- irrelevant, and he'll never get a big contract. And he's just gonna like either yeah. hurt the Hawks in the long I term. I mean, not, no, the Hawks are gonna end up trading him. I, I just want to see what Capella uh, and John like, Collins easily. looks like. I just want to see what it looks yeah. like, though. But that, but I think the Hawks have to keep him and see what it looks like, and then trade. Him. Yes, yeah, they're well, just yeah, that, they're gonna see how I agree it goes. with that. But yeah. like, I don't think it's gonna work out. And there's a lot of reasoning behind that, yeah. just because clogging up the paint with Capella. But I mean, who knows? Hey, maybe who Cape- knows? Maybe Capella develops a three-point shot. I mean, Blake Griffin and DeAndre Jordan did. In the, but yeah. like, he was shooting them in the in that uh, international tournament. You'd have to go really like 
Fever. Lob City heavy in order for that to work. Nah, get yeah. Capella to develop that three-point shot that he's showing during FIBA. Which, I mean, and like, both of those players are really good lob, you know, finishers. Like, yeah. they would just, they would Trey, just be, Trey can give They lob, would just so, be a I mean, way, way verse version of the Clippers. Yeah, the lob and City they didn't even really go anywhere. And in, a league, <laughs> and in a league that's they less... I mean, they got Kevin Herter compared to J.J. Redick. I mean, I, same player, basically. No. DeAndre J.J. Hunter, is better. DeAndre Hunter, Matt Barnes. I mean, there's a little bit... DeAndre Hunter is better. Honestly. Like, yeah, the, And also, like, <laughs> no, also, like, Doc Rivers as a coach versus... Okay. <laughs> Lloyd Pierce. Lloyd Pierce. Yeah, is, don't disrespect Lloyd Pierce. He's pretty drippy, dude. Like, All right, <laughs> so... We'll move on. We talked about uh, Collins and Kayla for a while. Mention in this podcast. Yeah. So seven and six will be who we discuss next. I don't have a problem with where they're on the list whatsoever. Seven is Kristaps Porzingis, and six is Danilo Gallinari. Danilo is one of those guys who's like, I mean, the entire Thunder roster this year is really one of those guys yes. who's just like sneaky good and like. Unless you Google Danilo's stats, who, like, all three of us would probably do that, but, like, most people just would never think of doing that. Like, there's probably a fair number of NBA fans, and maybe even listeners right now, don't even know who he is, because he's just, like, no, it's just, like, one of those guys with, like, a European-sounding name. Italian, dude. Yeah. But he's putting up insane numbers this year. I'm... Dude, is so efficient. I'm fine it's with crazy. it. And I'm happy with him being above Kristaps. Long term, that's probably gonna flip. But for right now, I'm good with Kristaps at seven and Danilo yeah. at six. Kristaps has higher potential, yeah. but yeah. Danilo's just crazy efficient this year. Yeah, yeah. As of right now, where those two stand, definitely, I think, I think Danilo could be a little bit higher on this list. I mean, Danilo well, actually, just okay, then six. Him back. He's just not. Nice. So I think, yeah. I think, like, but originally when report, just overrating defense again. When when you're like <laughs> you know. Danilo, at any other position, a player of his ability would be kind of disrespected at six. But when we go through the rest of the players, I think he's right where he belongs. So one guy I might put him above. We, we'll go straight into... Uh, actually, yeah, I know who you guys are going to talk about. We'll go straight into five. We're not going to do five and four together because four is going to be a controversial topic. We'll just nope. quickly talk about number five. Five is DeMontis Sabonis. Perfectly fine with him there. He's... Having a like kind of a Danilo type season, breakout season. He's playing played extremely well without Oladipo, and he's still doing really well. All star this year. I'm pretty sure he was the last pick in the, the All Star draft. Disrespected, but you know. I mean, like. I mean, he, like, he was probably the worst player on the, in the yeah. All Star game, but don't hate on Demontis. He definitely did. He fault. definitely deserved the All Star mention. He's putting up eighteen and a half points, twelve and a half rebounds. Yeah. That's insane production. That Victor Oladipo trade is yeah, and like it's just an, yeah. another part of this. Like Paul George just turning into steals for every team he gets traded <laughs> from. Like, like let's see what the Clippers can get from. Like, if him. you just look at what Paul George was traded for in his career, yeah. that's like a four-time NBA championship well, roster. I mean, for the for the no. Pacers, for the we Pacers, still get to see with well, the draft picks for those for like Oladipo though. Like Oladipo just didn't fit well, just because you know, in Russ. The, just because Russ is such yeah. a ball, and Sabonis just wasn't Oladipo enough. needed the ball in his hands, and Sabonis just hadn't. Grow to be the you know he he didn't grow into the player we know as you know right yeah. now but like 
One thing I wanted to say on Sabonis, though, I I think you can make a case that, like, uh, Gallinari is better than him. I think think so. That's just my personal opinion. I mean, I think they're pretty close. Sabonis has him definitely beat on defense. That's probably why he's ahead of him. The the other reason why I think you got to give Sabonis the benefit of the doubt is he doesn't have Chris Paul. And I think... Like a Chris Paul type Malcolm passer, Brogdon. Malcolm Brogdon a, step is into and a Chris a nice Paul and a Chris Paul type with player with Sabonis would be disgusting, and like Sabonis's numbers would just fly through the roof with a player like that. But we'll move on to number four, who is one of the most hyped players ever. Got an NBA 2K cover in 14 games, and it took LeBron over 10 years to do it. It's Zion Williamson. I will quickly state <sighs> my case before they go and destroy him being at four. If we are talking purely, purely, purely statistically and just ability-wise, I have Zion at four. This dude is disgusting. He literally rebounds or scores over seventy-five percent of the shots that he takes. With like. That is, like, probably the most ridiculous stat I've heard in NBA history. The fact that this dude, like, over three-fourths of the time that he shoots a ball, he either gets it again and then, like, dunks it, or he just makes it is absurd. And, like, this dude's averaging, like, 20... He's only played, like, 17 games, granted. But he's averaging, like, 23 points per game, insane shooting splits. And he's even shooting, like, pretty well from three, which, like... He just doesn't shoot. Yeah, he, he takes, like, two a game. No, but, like, he takes .7. Actually... Yeah. Oh well, it's for no, those, it was really just that one it's literally game. The first yeah. game. No, no, like first, the first five, dude. The, the first five, he was shooting like he was like it was something yeah, but crazy. Such like. a small sample yeah. size. But yeah. he's he's showing the potential that he can grow into someone who has a three point shot. He doesn't need it in his game because he's like a, he's he plays bully ball. Player, but yeah. like the fact that this guy is two hundred eighty pounds and. Probably the most athletic player in the NBA, the most athletic relevant player in the NBA, is crazy. Jones, I think the important thing about the three point is that we know he's not Ben Simmons. Yeah. That's the important yeah, like thing. we know he can he least, can he's do it willing to at least take the shot and he can actually make it. Yeah. Like, well, if Ben Simmons took a hundred three pointers, I think he could make one. And also, like yeah, on on he that, just refused to take it yeah. on their team, they can. Be perfectly fine without a three point, like one player in the court not being a three point shooter because they got Lonzo, who's developed into a good three point shooter, JJ Redick, Drew Holiday, Brandon Ingram, and even Derek Favors can shoot a little bit. Uh, from three, but like uh, enough that it like spreads the floor for Zion to just mid range. Yeah, they have Nicola Melody though. Who's got a big clip? I mean, like (laughs) big clip Melody, but but he is showing the potential that he can develop into a three point shooter. And if he can do, like, two three-pointers a game somewhat efficiently and stay healthy, dude's a top 25 also, player all time. Also, shout out to Moore. They also have him. Yeah. yeah. And Josh Jarrett. <laughs> Josh Jarrett. Fortnite legend Josh Hart. But, okay. What are your issues with okay. Zion? Okay. Wait, I want to go. I wanna, okay. First off, just, like, in the rankings, okay, they're, they're, they, what they say about Jonathan Isaac, literally, they're, like, Jonathan Isaac would have earned a much higher placement if not for a left knee injury that might end his season. Or like, like so durability, and they talk about durability with Paul Millsap. So right, so they talk about durability and not being able to play enough. Zion's played 19 games and somehow he's rated the fourth best. Okay, I'd be fine with him be maybe 
they're saying top 10, but because he's only played 19 games, we can't bring him higher. But they said, screw that. He's already number four. I just, I can't, like, it just goes against what they've been saying in the previous list. That doesn't make any sense. I think they didn't take this one seriously, putting him Dude, at four. I don't, I don't think the, they actually... The s- s- like, He's played 19 games. Still. Oh, Jeremy size, Lynch, a Hall like, of Famer, if we take his games. He only he only did it for five. No, he did it for... No, uh, he did it for a little bit longer than, yeah. than five. If it wasn't for Carmelo... Lynn Sanity was, was five games. If it wasn't for Carmelo... Lynn Sanity would have been... A whole three-year thing. Yeah. <laughs> okay. But like, there are there are obviously all of the stats are off of a it's, tiny sample size. It's nineteen games. And, How can and you say someone's the fourth? A lot of and it's in nineteen over, games. A lot of it, taking his future into and, account. And a lot of it, yeah, not a, a lot of it is also estimates. But the estimates off of what Zion has done are absurd. Per hundred processions, his net rating would swing their win-loss in an 82-game season an estimated 29 wins. That's like LeBron-level numbers and probably unprecedented on a team. Like 29 wins in an 82-game season. And he's in the 97th percentile already for per 100 percentage net points uh, swing. I, I mean, their argument just doesn't make sense. They talk about this season, but their argument ends with them talking about his future. Also, yeah. defensively, his blocks and steals that he had at Duke are not transferring over to the NBA right now. He's got great IQ, so maybe he can develop that, but like, he's, it's just not well, there. To right be now. fair, he's also, not very good that, on the defensive. Well, end. I guess like the reason why his blocks and steals aren't carrying over is or just his defense is like well no 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 at Duke honestly he wasn't that good of a defender he just had the highlight defensive plays like that dude was big enough and he's, no, he was no, he's very smart he's very no, smart no 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 at Duke, at Duke he was player. not smart defensively he, he was he was jumping out of the gym anytime to, anyone to pretended jump, to shoot he's able to jump passes and things he's a very high IQ guy no but that's but like but like he was his goal defensively at Duke was to make a highlight like if someone pump faked that dude was jumping over the guy trying to make a nasty block I remember he blocked and, DeAndre Hunter that was crazy yeah That's and, but I think I think now he doesn't have the highlight defensive plays but Jen, like he's also about- he's also playing on like a garbage defensive team yeah like, Which is weird. They should be a good defensive team. Yeah, they got they, just they got a lanky small forward. They got Drew Holiday. They got two good uh, defensive guards starting with Drew and Lonzo. Derek Favors like average. No, no. no Derek but, Favors is a really good defender for his size at the center position. Yeah, but that's like, like but like as a center, he's like average. It's just weird. They suck yeah, at crazy. Yeah, yeah. But he also doesn't have as well. They don't get back. He doesn't have an offensive game. They don't really, really care. They just score a bunch of points. Yeah. The the one they'll th- beat you in transition, like yeah. no matter what. Like, I think oh in terms God. of ability, he should be here. Obviously, he no. shouldn't, dude. No. Okay. In terms of ability, yes, but when you're oh, taking okay. into account how little he's played and his durability, he shouldn't. In my opinion, if he can stay healthy in his NBA career and miss less than like twenty games a season. Off of injury, like I'm fine if he sits out for load management. He is going to be a top 25 player all time. He has the build that, like, yes, okay, yes, we're talking about potential, but this, like, AC, go go with the argument. Like, I'm not. Well, gonna I was just gonna say that, like, they, putting him here with only 14 games played 19, is not 19. 19. Okay, yeah, what, whatever. 19 games played is kind of just like saying that Russ is the number one point guard and just taking a small 
sample size over the last month that he played yeah, if you look at, and looking like, at his you know, there, statistics. But there's nothing bad. And it's like, oh, look what this dude did for 19 games. He doesn't have a he, no, 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 but like, but like, like it's what? not like there's a bad run of games. Like, like throughout a season, you go like players go through up and ups and downs of statistics. Like it's so hard to tell where the where Zion will be through a whole 82 game season just off of 19 games. Yeah, definitely, but. Like I put Demontis that's why above I just, him. I put Danilo Gallinari above him. I'm, I put Chris yeah, Stapps above honestly, him. Honestly, it's a little bit disrespectful putting someone who's played 19 games yeah. over Sabonis, who's been like killing it this year the whole season. Or Gallinari, who's been killing Gallinari. it for the past yeah. two seasons. It's just kind of disrespectful to those guys. They're, they're but definitely then again, it's Bleacher Report. Yeah. So it's, like <laughs> they're definitely just they're definitely it's Bleacher Report. They're definitely just trying just, to fuel. The Zion hype because the they're they're they making it because the like the, the top three at the power forward position are so clearly above the rest of them. Yeah, like there's it's it's yeah. like the small forwards. There's a huge gap this year, and so like making Zion the best of the rest is just like fueling his hype. But their argument just doesn't make sense. Yeah, you just can't take Bleacher Report and Dan Favale seriously. <laughs> but so, so I think that's enough Zion talk. You guys can tweet at us what you think. I think ability-wise, he is the fourth best in the league, but they shouldn't be putting him that high up just because he hasn't played enough. And, like, of course his stats are going to look ridiculous if you average them out over 82 games because he did really well in his 19 games. But there's no way this dude Screw it. Let's just take his first game. Dude hit a bunch of... He's a great three-point shooter, great driver. He went four for four. He's a 100% career shooter. (laughs) Let's just take his first game. He's the best power forward in the NBA. So... With all the Zion talk out of the way, we'll dive into the top three. This is going to be the same thing that we did for the small forwards video. Fly through it. The order should have no one in the NBA arguing it, except for maybe LeBron because he wants to hype up AD. But <laughs> like, this is it, like this is just factual, and I'm surprised that Bleacher Report didn't wa- find a way of messing it up. But like. <laughs> Honestly, it would have been pretty Facts. hard. It would have been pretty hard. <laughs> Number one power forward. <laughs> it would have been. It would have been. It would have been hard to screw this one up. At three, it's Pascal Siakam having an amazing year, stepping into the crazy co- to see his rise. Yeah, filling the yeah. void of Kawhi. He honestly like. He's gonna win. He's he's probably the only player ever who could genuinely be given most improved player back to back seasons. He, yeah, like yeah. it's crazy to see he went from like really good like just high end helpful player on a championship team to a star player it's just and from his rookie season it's just crazy and last year he made a huge jump too like this dude's insane he went from i'm trying to pull it up right now and he ate up draymond green in the finals two years ago he averaged seven two years ago he averaged seven points a game last year he jumped that 10 points to 17 and now he's averaging 24 which all of these are insane jumps and he definitely deserves to be the third best player at his position in the league. Yeah, I mean, you guys pretty much said it, but like Pascal Siakam, I'm really high on him. I think that most people would say I probably overrate him. Obviously, I wouldn't put him above Anthony Davis and Giannis, but like I would put him above, uh, above a bunch of players in the NBA if you look at like just position to position. Uh, I'm not going to say who, like. I'd have to go like more in depth into that, but like in terms of top hundred, yeah, we get what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm a little bit of a fanboy for Pascal Siakam. I'll yeah. just say that he also has a great story too, because he's like he was a borderline first rounder. He was like 27th overall pick or something like that. So like it's a cool story. It's not like the next guy on the list 
who like out of college everyone knew was going to be out like, of high school yeah everyone knew it was just going to be like one of the best players in the nba and he just did it the next guy is anthony davis put I don't him got anything put him, like, yep call, call him <laughs> yep, a, there you go number two <laughs> call him a center he's probably number one in the league but yeah. Yeah. He, he is playing power forward this year because of dwight and javel any like two years ago and any like 10 years ago to two years ago best power forward in the league but Giannis yeah. exists so he yeah. has to be put at number two no disrespect yeah. to anthony davis he's a top five player in the league this year in my opinion which i think is pretty fair number one is Giannis, second best player in the league behind lebron james of course and james Harden. just putting up <laughs> and james Harden. <laughs> and make I'm him third right. best bud <laughs> but exactly. he's just like this dude's That's a freak funny. of nature it's in his nickname. Like, there's not much you can say about Giannis. You talked about his stats. Like, you talked about Zion's stats. Like, his stats are just... Yeah. Like, he's putting up Wilt Chamberlain-esque stats. And what he's doing... And, like, what his team is doing, too. Like, they are dominating teams. They're... I think they're 53 and... Tw- I think 12. I mean, yeah. You look at the line of every single, like, game for them, betting-wise. Oh, it's, it's like... Yeah. It's not even close. Minus 16 against the half the teams they play. Yeah. I mean, it's he's going like, to win MVP again this year. With him off Nadia the... LeBron, with him off the court... Yeah, 53-12. They have one of the best, like, plus-minuses as a team in the league. Like, in terms of point yeah. differential. Really with him off the court. Yeah. And then you put him on the court... And they allow 11.3 fewer points per possessions. And I don't have how many. I don't have how many more points they score when he's on the court. But like, they definitely score more points when Giannis is on the court. Like, I don't think that's disputable. Like, they they allow 97.7 points per 100 possessions when he plays. And the average defensive rating in the league is 110.4 points per 100 possessions, which like a 13 point difference is. Like unheard of in NBA history, he's leading a team that generally, like they have really good players, but like they don't scream like, oh, one of the best teams in NBA history with like Chris Middleton as a second option because he's he's not one of those like he's a great player, but he's not one of those guys who screams like it's not like Anthony Davis on the Lakers. Yeah, it's, it's not like it's not he's like a be- one of the best players in the yeah, league. or it's not like it's like Scottie Pippen has a second option like a flashy guy. It's like. This team is just built perfectly for a Giannis type player, and he like has to be number one here. Second also, best player. I know we 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 are making fun of Bleacher Report and and all that, but uh, I will say this: they've done extensive research. They got a lot of stats backed into their articles. So I don't we, know. I don't know if they look at the stats that much. They might just be copying and pasting that stuff because some of their lists are stupid. <laughs> but they at least give us some good information. Well I don't know what there's such thing I don't know what stat, you know, shows how much of a vibe one player is, but apparently yeah. they Fred wins that stat. They use that stat. <laughs> yeah, there is such thing as looking into the statistics too much. I got caught up in it last year a little bit and I, you know, kind of humbled myself a little bit. No, you from didn't. that. No, you <laughs> yes, didn't. I did. Okay, I made. A, <laughs> I never mind. I, I no, just, just go, go, go. No, but uh, I think Bleach Report's really dumb, uh, <laughs> especially with their NBA analysis. They like this guy who makes this article. Obviously, there's there's two, two, of, there's them. two of them, but you one of one, one of them. 
has just a terrible history of making terrible NBA analysis. Who is that? Dan Favale, Favale, however you say his last name. I don't know. I would like to meet this dude and talk to him, but if you're listening, I might at you on Twitter. Uh, just hit me up, dude. <laughs> we gotta talk. <laughs> All right. With Andrew's rant about Bleacher Report out of the way, I think we're gonna wrap this one up. This is, I think, the longest one that we've done so far because of how deep the power forward position is, but uh, I think this is one that's definitely open for discussion. So, if any of you have any questions about anything we said, whether it's the Jaron Jackson versus John Collins debate, Kevin Love debate, Zion debate, anything we talked about, just hit us up and let us know what you think about it. Uh, make sure to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Mad Dog Pod on both Instagram and Twitter. Like our posts, comment, get involved in the conversation. You know, we love to hear from you guys and just anything really helps us. Also, don't forget to rate and subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Podbean. Uh, and also share with a couple friends. Tomorrow, we'll be wrapping up our week days, I guess, of each position in the league on Friday with the center position. So keep a lookout for that. And if you have missed any of our past episodes on different other positions, I would definitely go take a look at that. It's a lot of interesting stuff about what Bleacher Report thinks and then what we think. And just it gives you an insight on some players you wouldn't otherwise be thinking about in the NBA and you wouldn't know is having are having such a good year if you didn't like just go out and look at it. Also with the slow news and sports and Cleveland sports in general, we just need more stuff to uh, talk about. Yeah, and it's definitely interesting stuff and I'm glad that like Bleacher Report and ESPN are doing this. Yeah, going off that note, if you guys have any topics you'd like us to discuss, make sure to comment or let us know, DM us, anything like that. If you want us to talk about anything on our podcast, just give us suggestions if you want. Yeah, so next week we'll probably be going over the ESPN lists that are currently going out about NFL position rankings, especially considering Nick Chubb didn't make the top five for running backs. So Atrocious. We'll, Atrocious. we'll be going in on that in a couple days, so keep a lookout for that, and we'll catch you on the next episode.